Hi, Adam. Hey, Raph. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Always uh, awesome to be here. Yeah, likewise. Hey, um, the shortest Cadillac certification in the history of Pilates. Oh, man. Where are we going with this? <laughs> in uh, Well, by the end of this conversation, dear listener, you will be certified to teach Cadillac. <laughs> uh, and it's only mostly tongue-in-cheek. All right, so um, to set up the conversation, uh, you know, you and I were talking off air about, and this is something I, I frequently wonder about, <laughs> is why we in Pilates are so focused on certifications that revolve around which pieces of equipment we've used in the certification. So you're certified on reformer, or you're certified on Cadillac, or you're certified on chair, rather than, well, what they do in most other industries, right? And so it's like, you know, if I say that, oh, you know, certified on Cadillac or chair or whatever, it's like, if, you, if you've only worked within the Pilates industry, like, well, what's so unusual about that? That's how things are done. But if you're a personal trainer, like, you don't certify on the bench press or the the rowing, you know, machine or the treadmill, right? You certify as a personal trainer. And even if you never used a treadmill or a rowing machine or a bench press in your training, maybe you used a chest press machine instead of the bench press machine. Maybe you used an elliptical trainer instead of the treadmill. It's like, that doesn't mean you can't use those bits of equipment in, in, your, in your job, right? You just go to YouTube you, or you go to the manager, you go, how do I turn this treadmill on, Right. And the manager shows you, right? And then you're like, okay, great. Anything else I need to know? And they're like, oh, yeah, start slow and build up, right? Like, okay, great. And if you need to stop, hit the big red button, you know, like, <laughs> and then you, off you go, right? And you just figure it out. And and so, you know, it's not the norm outside of Pilates. Why is it the norm in Pilates that we focus on equipment? What first comes to mind with this is there's an assumption that if you are, that you have a certificate or a training on a piece of equipment, that you are now qualified to use that equipment and you are now, you now know how to use it, right? It's like that qualification equals, you know what to do with this piece of equipment. And then I think where this conversation may end up is that if you just understand movement, then you can figure out equipment. And so it might be more valuable to focus on learning principles and movement than just learning exercises on pieces of equipment. Because similar to um, to what you mentioned about personal trainers, like I have a degree in exercise science and I'm pretty close to getting a degree in physical therapy. They've certified me on zero pieces of equipment. They am, like I'm technically by Pilates standards can only use the ground. Cause I don't like there's nothing else that I've been trained to do. I haven't been trained to like use a foam roller or a kettlebell. Oh crap. So as uh, soon as you finish you your do? degrees, you're just going to have to go and do more training to learn how to use flex bands and foam rollers and kettlebells and fit balls and <laughs> a lot I, I of weekend guess. certifications coming up oh, for shit. you. Yeah. <laughs> no more vacations for me. Um, yeah. It's so weird, isn't it? Because like, I think, you know, there. If, if we extrapolate it out, I think obviously there are situations in life where 
it is important to be certified on a particular piece of equipment. Like if you're, I don't know, a physicist operating the Large Hadron Collider in CERN, you know, in Switzerland, which is like a 20-kilometre tunnel with like hundreds of millions of dollars of the most incredibly high-tech subatomic particle accelerators. You know, it's like, okay, probably you don't just want the work experience kid, you know, operating that, right? <laughs> so there's, there, 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 is, there is some situation where it is important to be certified on a piece of equipment. At the other end of it, I think is something like uh, and I'm going to say, I think Pilates is pretty much at the other end of it, where if you understand that your job is to, you know, if we, if our goal is to help people become stronger, more flexible, and have better control of their bodies, right? And I think most of us would agree that that's what we do on a daily basis. That you know, and with that comes you know less pain and more mobility, more function, and all more joy and all that kind of stuff. But if our goal is to help people become stronger, more flexible, and have better control, well, you know, understanding the principles of like how to apply forces to a body and how much force to apply to a body and what range of motion to apply and what direction to apply the forces from and how to progress people and all of that, it's like, well, if we understand, okay, well, I want to apply this particular amount of force to this knee joint in this range of motion, right? And then we've got, you know, or we could use a flex band or we could use a spring or we could use a bodyweight squat, it's like, it doesn't really matter which tool you use as long as you achieve the objective, right? So in that instance, like, I think if you, if you understand those principles of like, you know, why do you want to apply force to this, you know, body and how much force do you want to apply and what range of motion and what control challenges do you want to create? It's like, well, if you just watched a two minute YouTube video on how to use a flex band, right? You can figure it out. I am one hundred percent agree with you, right? It's it is, but what, what you're saying is that you could just apply critical thinking and solve a problem, like be a good, really good problem solver for for your clients. And and, and, and I am one hundred percent agree, and I take the same route. It's what's the problem, and I'll find the solution. And if I don't know how to use a tool, I'll figure it out. But then, like, what do we say when there's like that? Just to play devil's advocate of like, well, then that's not Pilates. Right. We're doing Pilates less like that's that's part of that's some of the thing that's some that's some of the like advocacy for being trained on equipment is like, well, because that's Pilates equipment and we're Pilates instructors, therefore we must do the Pilates stuff. In 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 it's it's and I'm not advocating for this, I'm just like playing a scenario because I, I believe that we should help our clients in any way that we can. And a lot of times we'll use Pilates tools and other times we'll just use critical thinking um, and use what we can. So then some like, wait, how do we like solve that for, uh, um, for that argument of like, well, we're doing the Pilates method. So we need to be trained on Pilates equipment because our clients are paying for Pilates or are they paying for Pilates? Are they paying for Pilates? All right. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there, but I'm just going to go straight to the the question, which I think is a really good one, and I'm glad you asked it, about, well, like, you know, shouldn't we get some kind of training on the on the Cadillac if we want to use a Cadillac? And I think, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm not – I think saying that you don't need to be certified on the Cadillac in order to teach it is not the same thing as saying you should never receive any instruction or training on the Cadillac. And so I think like, okay, if, if I'm, if I'm 
a personal trainer and I'm at the gym and I've in my personal training certification, I never was on a treadmill, right? I can just like look up a quick YouTube video on pre-core treadmills and find out how to turn it on and how to adjust the speed and all of that stuff. And I don't need a certification, right? But I'm sure there are little nuances and kind of pro tips that somebody who's been using that treadmill for a decade could tell me that would save me, you know, a lot of like doing it wrong for, for years or just make it a bit easier for me, you know, to get good results. And that's the same with the Cadillac, obviously, right? So the, 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 the hundred on the Cadillac, it's exactly the same position as the hundred on the reformer, which is exactly the same position as the hundred on the mat, right? But there are nuances because the spring tension changes as you, you know, move away much more quickly on the Cadillac because you're working directly against the springs, whereas on the Reformer, you've got the, the pulleys, which provided like a two-to-one re- force reduction there. So the distance you are from the springs makes a big difference. And as you flap your arms up and down, the load changes quite dramatically from the bottom of the stroke to the top of the stroke. So all of these things are nuances, which you can pick up by just doing it, Right. Or somebody could point it out to you and help you and guide you along the way, and that would make it easier, right? But there's nothing to stop you just jumping on there and having a go and noticing, oh, the spring resistance changes a lot when I move two inches further away from the, you know, from the sliding bar. You know, like there's nothing, there's nothing there to stop you just doing that. But of course, if you've got somebody who's been working on the Cadillac daily for 20 years, they're going to help you shortcut that process. Yeah. And that's just like a principle of learning. Like it's faster if you just talk to someone who's already done it. Like if you're just starting a business, it'd be nice to, you know, learn from someone who's done that business for 20 years and they'll probably teach you, um, you know, a lot. Like you could either learn them, you could learn in the easy way or the hard way and you'll learn faster, right? If you just like read someone's book who's good at this stuff, um, you'll learn. And so it's so similar with the Cadillac. And I think, and I think it'd be, and it's not just Cadillac, it, it could be one chair, it could be barrels, it could be a, foot corrector like whatever it is um and i think a big thing with this is like training is valuable is valuable and learning from others is valuable but you shouldn't feel inferior because you don't have a certificate on a cadillac like you're just as worthy as a pilates instructor and you're just as pliable and able to learn and there's 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 so many ways like we talked about like with i forgot what exactly what we're talking about but there is like there's so many ways to win like there's so many ways to learn cadillac so one of those ways, you know, especially if you're a studio owner out there and you're hiring people, just have new people train with your seasoned instructors for a couple hours and have them teach them the equipment, um, you know, and things of that nature. Because I think, because I think that that's part of it is like the like a, like someone who may be uh, running a studio or studio owners, they have requirements. Here in the states, a lot of times it is you need to be a comprehensive Pilates instructor, and that's a really good word. To what is comprehensive and in the states comprehensive has nothing to do with field of knowledge of movement but has everything to do with familiarity with equipment or an apparatus and so and so with that i think it starts from the top of like studio owners recognizing that it's a lot more valuable for you to have a problem solver than you are to have someone who's trained on certain equipment so you can just teach someone like like raf if you're if in one of your studios back in the day, like if you just had someone and you had two hours with them, do you, like a Pilates instructor, you think you could teach them 10 exercises on the wonder chair? Oh, yeah. And I mean, 
you know, maybe there are other instructors out there who are different than this, but in the, the studios I've owned, the studios I've worked in, all of us were comprehensively trained. You know, we were an education facility, so we all, you know, we, we did the training. But like all of us had our like 10 exercises that we always, you know, taught on the chair. And it's like, okay, every chair client, you know, always gets like step ups and washerwoman and, you know, cat kneeling or whatever, you know, whatever that your favorite chair exercises are. Right. You know, um, and, and it's the same on the reformer, you know, and it's the same on the Cadillac, you know, I love the push through people love the standing push throughs and they love the roll downs and they love the spread Eagle against the upright bars. It's like, you know, and then there are things that you just never teach, you know, once a year you pull out, like, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, we've all got different versions, but it's like ballet stretches or something that's like on the, on the barrel, you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh, rocking on the reformer. Right. Right. You know, and so we all have like the 10 or so exercises that were just like, everyone gets some combination of those 10 exercises. Um, and so it's like, literally, if you know, like 10, 10 moves on the chair, as long as they're the right 10 moves, you know, step ups, whatever, you know, the, 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 side side bends of mermaid whatever um you know and 10 exercise in the cadillac it's like you can basically teach for a year you know and no one will ever say oh how come we always do the same 10 exercises yeah it's funny i actually just taught a uh, in-person class today and i was like dang i just i think i taught them the same class last week and everyone was so happy at the end i was like oh yeah that's how it works like no one remembers uh, there's like you know had their endorphins they loved it Wonderful. yeah now then this poses the question, I think I'm just going to play devil's advocate in this whole conversation. So why get trained in Pilates? You can just have 10 exercises. Like why are we, why do we do courses? Well, I think there's a, I think there's a philosophy, you know, broadly speaking, there's a philosophy to Pilates. Now there's different parts of Pilates, like classical, contemporary or fitness or whatever it might be. But I think, you know, broadly speaking, you know, I think if I stand back and squint and look at all of that, it it seems to me there's a philosophy that kind of unites, you know, that makes something Pilates as opposed to like fitness personal training or something, which is there's this mindful uh, approach to making a flowing sequences of movements where you, you know, get into a, a like a flow state, right? And so it's not necessarily about whether it's graceful or not, or you know whether you can do the perfect splits. It, but it's like getting into that zone where you're in, just in the movement, and whether that's you know doing a fitness Pilates move with a dumbbell on a reformer, or whether it's doing the classical repertoire on the mat, or whether it's, you know whatever it is. It, I think that's the for me anyway. That's that's what I see as the common thread that makes something Pilates. Now other people can have different opinions, but. I think, you know, if you're doing that, I think you're doing Pilates. And so I think there is a difference between Pilates and personal training. And you might do a push-up in Pilates and you might do the exact same push-up in a personal training session with your elbows in the exact same position, everything the same. But it's it's what makes it Pilates to me is the context of other exercises that you're doing before and after that, that push up and the way you flow, you know, from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And so I think there is some kind of philosophical 
knowledge and understanding that's required in order to teach Pilates as opposed to, like if you get someone who, and I've, I've seen this many times, physical therapists who understand all the biomechanics and the things and they jump into a Pilates class and they end up just teaching physical therapy on a reformer. You know, like it's, I would say that's not Pilates. It's like they're just doing like three sets of 10 external rotations for the shoulder or whatever, <laughs> but yeah, it's not it, a reformer. There, there's something very uh, dynamic and, and multidimensional, you know, about a Pilates class where I've, I've worked in a, in a, in a physio clinic as a Pilates instructor. And when the physio would go on Pilates, all of us, like it was good, like they helped somebody, but it became linear, like go straight and then come back. So there, so there is something to, to, um, to Pilates. It's always kind of hard to put exact words to. Um, and, and so, so I would like to suggest that like, it is valuable to have a Pilates education. I'm not saying don't get Pilates education. Like it's very valuable. It's like when you have that baseline education, I think that's like, you're good. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you need to get another, you can get another a knowledge based cert. So you can get a, like a, a certificate and then not feel confident in anatomy and rehab and, and stuff like concepts and knowledge. But then I don't think that we like getting a certificate on another piece of equipment is somewhere where I would be like, I don't really recommend that. Um, because once you have that baseline, you're, Pretty good. I agree. I agree. There's a baseline. I think. I think there is a, an immense value if you want to be a applied teacher in learning the philosophy and the 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 principles, for lack of a better word. I don't mean like necessarily the six you know principles of Pilates or the five principles of stop Pilates. I just mean like the basic common you know, thread of what what makes something Pilates as opposed to not Pilates. Uh, like I said before, in my view, that's kind of the the dynamic flowing you know movement of it. Um, but I think absolutely, I agree with you. There is, a, I, I'm a very strong advocate. I own a freaking business that certifies people in Pilates, right? So obviously I believe that's a thing. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we, I think, so we need to, we need to have some kind of base level certification. So if you're out there and you're, you're MAP certified or you're reformer certified or whatever, and that's all, I think that's all you need, right? But I think also, there is a difference between mat versus equipment. And I think so, and I'm thinking about particularly the equipment with springs on it, right? So if you think about something like a, a baby barrel or something, it's like, ah, oh, it's just like roll up a towel, put it on the floor. It's basically the same thing, you know, right? <laughs> but when you add in spring resistance, things change because sometimes more springs makes it harder. Sometimes more springs makes it easier. And the range of motion on the reformer or the Cadillac makes it harder or easier, you know, the further away you are from the, the spring tension, et cetera. So I think there is a skill set involved in understanding how to work with springs. And so I think either mat, oh, sorry, either reformer or Cadillac or chair certification, probably reformer or Cadillac, because on, on the chair, you can't really change that sort of spring distance variable very easily. I mean, you can hook the springs to high or low, but it's like, it doesn't matter. It goes matter, up like, or down. Right. But you don't actually, like, if you position yourself an inch further away from the chair, it doesn't change the spring resistance, whereas on the Cadillac or the reformer, it does. So I think there's a, I think there's a value, if you want to work on the plate's equipment, in getting trained on one piece of equipment with springs on it, either the Cadillac or the reformer. For most people, the reformer is going to be much more accessible because they're going to be in almost every studio on every street corner. 
and it's easier to find a reformer course and it's easier to find someone to pre- – you can buy a home reformer much easier than you can buy a home Cadillac. So I think there's a value in learning that because that does take some getting used to and there is some expertise involved in adjusting like body position, say in like a side split, if you're doing a standing side split on the reformer, where if you're on a low spring, if you put your foot further out along the carriage towards the shoulder blocks, it actually makes it harder. Right. And that's because the, of the range of motion of the spring and stuff. So, so it takes a while and guidance for a lot of people, I think, to learn that and, and grasp that and be able to use that effectively in a, in a session. But I think once you understand that principle of, you know, the, the length of how far you extend the spring has a direct relationship with how much resistance the spring provides and how that affects the load in the exercise. Once you understand those principles, like you can just hop on a Cadillac and it's basically the same, right? Even though the actual gradient is different because it's not a pulley, right? The principles are the same, right? So if, if you're trained on Reformer, I don't think you need to go and be certified on Cadillac. I think you can just jump on a Cadillac and figure it out. But if you've never trained on Reformer or Cadillac, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think it's going to be way quicker and easier for most people to just get trained on reformer, right? And and learn those basic concepts. Yeah, and like what you what you're mentioning is like it's a skill, right? Anytime you learn a skill, uh, you know it takes it takes time to learn. But once you have that baseline education, you can extract that skill and apply it to something super similar. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with if anyone's taking a Cadillac course or chair course or they're interested, there's nothing wrong with like doing it. So if you feel really strongly, I'm not against it, but I'm, but I would say that you don't need it. Right. And you you don't have to have the pressure to go take the courses because you can just figure it out. And like we've mentioned before, sometimes it's just like, go have a play date with like a Pilates friend and be like, could you show me your your you know favorite five exercises or take a session right and ask questions you know do a coaching session or a movement session and um and it can also save you i don't know like two thousand dollars or something so i think it's good advice um you know for um for instructors and and things of that nature but the if we the reformer is like you mentioned one where it's one it's more popular so you'll make you also make more money being trained on it because um, it is more popular, more more useful. And so there, so I would be like, if someone was like, "Hey, I want to become a Pilates instructor," I would say, I'd "Get trained on mat and reformer." Right. Um, in in with that, there's I feel like that's more a lot more complicated than the Cadillac as well because the bed's moving because of the pulley system and, and things of that nature. And and once you understand that, like. Like a spring always comes back to its origin, right? Like it, it's not going anywhere else. It's going back to its origin, um, you know, in, in, in it's, it's a horizontal force, things of that nature. Just like you mentioned, you can figure out the, the, the Cadillac, um, you know, and, but it might, but I would say that it, like, I think if you go like too far right or too far left, you run into problems. So it wouldn't be like, oh, hey, I'm going to train my client on this piece of equipment. I know springs, but I've never touched this thing before. I probably like, like I'm not advocating to like put on a blindfold and just go do it. I think you should go on it first, right? And maybe take a session, things like that, 
what I what we're I think what we're trying to say is you don't have to spend the next six weekends, you know, in the weekend courses in in taking the classes to then be qualified to do it. Um, and there's also something about be if you especially if you understand basic principles of human movement, if you understand things like progressive loading, if you understand things like the force of gravity, if you understand ground reaction forces, and like you mentioned, spring tension, which is the same principle as thoroughfare tension, those those accelerate your understanding of working with the equipment. Whereas if you don't understand those, I could, I could see how it's a little bit more um, intimidating. Thanks to bringing, thanks for bringing this uh, nuance to this conversation because I think that is important, and I want to, I want to agree with you that, uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for anyone to never touch a Cadillac and then go like, oh, how hard could it be? I'll just teach a client on it. You know, I think you should absolutely get on it yourself beforehand and feel it and know that, oh, when I move one inch, it, that really makes it harder, right? In, in the, when you're using standing arm springs or the hundreds or, or whatever it might be. Uh, so to, to, I think it's, it's very important to actually get on it and feel that. And I really like what you say about, uh, yeah, so I think we're, we're, the distinction here is the difference, but we're not advocating against training on the Cadillac. We're advocating against the need to be certified on the Cadillac. And so I really like what you say about as an alternative to doing like X number of weekends to certify on the Cadillac, well, why don't you take half that amount of money that you're going to spend on that, go and do some private sessions on the Cadillac with someone who's really knowledgeable, right? And ask a bunch of questions or just ask to sit in with them when they teach their clients, right? Pay them to do that, right? And you will get, like, if you'll notice that they teach the same 10 or 12 exercises the whole day, right? And you'll pick up so much more nuance and depth and texture about how they teach those exercises and and why they choose those particular four exercises that they they chose for that client and why they chose to do it on you know, cat on the push-through bar instead of cat on the chair that day or whatever. Like, you will get so much more depth in from a practical standpoint, whereas when you go and do your, your X number of weekends of Cadillac certification, you'll get like this kind of, you know, very kind of dry, usually sort of textbook description of, you know, the correct execution. And you'll spend equal or probably more time on exercises that you'll never teach in a pink fit in real life. You know, things like, you know, the, just the extreme kind of uh, detail or extreme flexibility exercises like, you know, ballet stretches, for example, on the Cadillac, which is like, okay, a few clients love them, but most clients just can't even get into the starting position. You know, ballet stretches on the fuzzy straps, you know, for example. Uh, yeah, and right. you're bringing back memories. <laughs> um, and 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 when you go and sort of like apprentice yourself with somebody or or pay to do sessions with somebody you'll get the the exercises that they teach every day the well worn pages of their their you know their, their 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 the manual in their brain that they just use with everybody and that they've developed you know really slick cueing routines around and they know exactly how to position themselves around the Cadillac so that they can help the client you know, to the best advantage or where the, where to put the mirror in the room so the client can see themselves, you know, et cetera. Like, 
or how to put markers on the floor so you know where to stand the client so the springs don't like pull them to the other side of the room, you know, when you're doing standing arm springs, <laughs> whatever. Like all of those little tips and tricks that you pick up that you don't, you know, and I've taught that Cadillac course a bunch of times where you don't have time necessarily to to share all of that because you're too busy just showing people like, here's how you connect the springs, here's how you hold onto the push through bar so it doesn't bonk you in the head when you let go of it and, you know, all of that stuff. And and here's how you do ballet stretches. Now, nothing against ballet stretches, dear listener, you know, but <laughs> I don't know, that one just keeps coming to mind. <laughs> I think you're having some beef with your hamstrings, Raph. What do you, what what are the what are the uh, you know have you have you ever taught Cadillac on a regular basis? Like I know you've worked oh, yeah. at Club Pilates. Yeah, no, I my first uh, my first certificate was a was considered a classical certificate where I, I taught Cadillac almost like a, I taught it every day. So I used to I used to just do one on one sessions like classical Pilates session, um, and I'd see like anywhere between like six to eight clients a day, five days a week. Just one-on-one. Um, so I did that, and then I moved on to to Club Pilates and did them in tandem. And I have a Cadillac right here right next to me. Huh. So very, so very, yeah. And so what are your go-to exercises that you basically like, okay, if I come for a session with you, I'm basically, I'm getting those exercises. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, well, now I'm like, I'm just going to put you on the squat rack, honestly. Um, so <laughs> if I were to, like, it would be like push through, um, mermaid cat stretch reverse, like maybe like the, what I would call the push through series, uh, footwork, roll down, sideline legs, sideline side legs. legs. If, if you need awesome. some candy, yeah, like yeah. I'm a, you know, yeah. and then I'll do like the manual stretches because that's like ugh, hands yeah. on. And all of those Only push through things are so great. Like you with a saw ver- variation with the push through bar with the twist and there, the, the, the seated push through, all of those standing push through. They're fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I got this Cadillac, and all I ever do is my five minute routine on it, like a couple of days a week, and that's like that's that's the only thing it gets. You basically uh, just need a push through bar. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but but even like when I think about like the you mentioned like the courses, like you learn these dry exercises, but then you end up you you know you don't use a lot of them. When I think of like my ref, like reformer exercises that I teach myself or online classes or in person. And I think back to like the exercises I learned in a course, they're probably less than 20% of what I actually do now. Like flying eagle with leg springs, you know? I've never, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Like I've I've looked at that so many times that I'm like, you you know, like like you're trying to like make that exercise work, but it's like, well, maybe the exercise is the problem. Or like back rowing and front rowing on the Cadillac. I mean, for Pete's sake, it's like, it's just way better on the reformer. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> Whose functional goal do I need to do squirrel? Yeah, squirrel. You know, you know, I, it's fun. There's nothing wrong. Like, do any movement that you're inspired yeah, to do, yeah. or like in terms of like necessity. Right, and and dear listener, like, yeah, I want to echo what I'm saying. Like, if you if you're in love with flying eagle or back rowing on the on the cat, like, like you know, good for you. I don't care. Like, I'm I love you for it, and it's it's all great, but. For me, those are just like, I don't know, when I when I do those rowing exercises in the Cadillac, I'm like, well, number one, my hands always hit the freaking bed. So it's like you have to have your arms out so wide. And then the spring tension's like basically when your arms are in front of your shoulder, you've got like literally zero spring tension. And then as, when your arms get like two inches behind your body, you literally can't move the springs because there's so much tension. <laughs> so it's just, I, for me, it's way more enjoyable on the reformer because of that smoother spring tension gradient. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Like that's why it's so 
good to have like so many tools around you because some like like if you have like a hammer and you have like a screwdriver the hammer is good at like hammering and you could use your screwdriver and make it act like a hammer but it's not that good right a screwdriver is good at being a screwdriver so like there's some exercises that are awesome to do on the reformer just do them on the reformer yeah. like there's the we don't like it, it's okay and that that's why i'm an advocate for having like kettlebells in your studio like if you want to get really strong legs like kettlebells are just better i think than springs for that kind of stuff well i think there's no there's no real there's not enough tension on on any piece of equipment you can't develop enough spring tension on any piece of equipment in any circumstance like if someone can squat a barbell with their body weight on it it's like there's no way you can challenge that person's strength on a piece of Pilates apparatus. You know, you can challenge your endurance, but not strength. Yeah. And that's not a knock at Pilates. That's just a, like a, like a, a, a being, just being realistic. And, and I think when you like uh, peel back the layers and have a, like, have an honest understanding of Pilates or like, like, or a deep understanding of Pilates, you can also be okay with its limitations. And that it's okay to say, hey, maybe the reformer, even though I love it, is not the best choice for this particular goal. So someone has a goal of something like uh, like straight up leg strength. And when we're talking about strength, we're talking about like the maximum force that you can apply onto an object one time. It's okay to say like, I need another tool than a reformer because the reformer is not enough. And that doesn't mean that the reformer is inadequate. The reformer is worth every penny you've ever paid for it. Like just having feet and straps at any time of the day for me totally pays for my reformer. Front splits for me. Oh, front splits. Oh, man. Do it. Not the standing version with our arms, you know, hands behind head. Not the Joseph. I'm talking about like one foot on the floor, feet on the hands on the foot bar. Just a nice oh, half spring. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, know. I am with you. I was like, yeah. "Wow, Ralph!" Like, I didn't see, I didn't see that one coming from you. It's <laughs> like because I've never seen it on Instagram. Uh, well, it's just because my reform is actually in down the dark end of my garage, like right in front of the bikes and the the, the junk storage room. So <laughs> it's really hard. Like, there's no way to put the camera, and yeah. You know, so anyway, that's why I don't film a lot of um, Pilates there. But I, I'm on the reformer every day. I was on there this morning doing my front splits. Um, still not getting more flexible, um, but uh, it feels good. <laughs> you need to do valley stretches. That's <laughs> what you're missing. That's probably that's probably what my problem is. Not enough ballet stretches in my life. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, all right. So, let's just sort of take stock. So, what we've basically said so far is Cadillacs are awesome. Reformers are awesome. Uh it's really there is a difference between doing Pilates and doing something else that's not Pilates, and you know I don't I'm not sure if there's a universally agreed definition of Pilates. I think there are different people who'd, who'd say you know use different definitions, but I think most of us would agree that there is some difference between doing Pilates versus doing I don't know yoga or personal training or physical therapy, and that if you have an understanding of the principles of like biomechanics and force production and range of motion and motor learning and things like that. And an understanding of what it is that Pilates is, 
and an understanding of how spring tension works, then you can basically hop on a Cadillac or a Reformer and muck around for a bit and figure some stuff out and go, huh, this would work pretty good, or eh, that one doesn't really work when I do that. And you'd, Or you could, you know, ride shotgun with somebody who's really good at it for a few weeks and pick up all those sort of pro tips on how to get the best out of that piece of equipment. And whether you're actually, you know, quote, certified, end quote, on it or not, yeah, doesn't really make any difference. Yeah, and, and it's there's more value in being able to be a really good problem solver than have a certificate on a piece of equipment. And when I say be a problem solver is my client is sliding on the equipment, right? So then it's like put a pad down, right? That's what training will teach you, put a pad down. But what a keen understanding will say that we don't have enough static friction, right? Like we're, we're, we're sliding, like we need to get more friction. So I can put more weight down or I can change the surface area. Like, or I could just like do a different exercise if I don't have any of those tools available. What's the exercise? Oh, I'm pushing my arms over my head. Huh, do I have any other exercises that push my arms over my head? Meaning like you go through this, you can go through a critical thinking process. And I think and that's where I, it, instead of, let's say the, the value of a Cadillac course, I don't know what they cost, um, maybe $2,000 or something to go do it. If you spend like $1,000 on like go like, or let's say $500 on like training a couple hours with someone on a Cadillac and you spent the rest of that on learning like movement science principles, you would 10x the value than you would spend on, on a course. Because like understanding uh, load, understanding how to solve problems really quickly from a concept point of view is universal across any piece of equipment. That's just understanding uh, how the world works, right? Uh, and, and that's I'm just a huge advocate for any Pilates instructor. Like, learn Pilates, but like you don't you don't have to go after the next piece of equipment. After you know your Pilates, what principles do you feel unfamiliar with? Do you do you understand? Uh, it could be anatomy, and a lot of times when people say anatomy, they actually mean biomechanics or understanding movement. Do you understand communication, right? Do you understand pain science? And if any of those are blurry, those are your high value things and how you can really make an impact on your clients. And if you make an impact on your clients, uh, you're a force to be reckoned with in the industry because you're, you'll be you'll be top 5% just from knowing those. 100. Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a pretty good place to leave it. And uh, so I think I'd like to... Um, you know, Adam, if you'll join me, we can pronounce everybody who's listening to this uh, certified to teach the Cadillac. Um, as long as you've had some kind of uh, experience or training on the reformer or the Cadillac and you know the, you know, how spring tension operates. And I don't mean you could write an essay on spring tension. I mean, you, you know, like when you stretch it further, it resists more. And if you put less springs on, sometimes that's harder and sometimes it's easier and how to tell a difference between. <laughs> whether it's going to make it harder or easier. Um, and then if you've just jumped on the Cadillac and had a bit of a muck around and tried some stuff and, and discovered what works and what doesn't work, then you can go teach those exercises. And uh, I, I, Adam, I hope you'll join me in um, officially pronouncing 
all of our listeners now certified on the Cadillac. I join you. Like you, you have permission to to use the equipment. And so, yeah, dear listener, um, uh, actually, last, actually, there is one thing I want to touch on here, Adam, which is, and you mentioned it, like about employers often saying, "Oh, you know, must have a comprehensive certification, right?" So it is an actual thing in the industry where you look at a lot of job ads and it said, must have comprehensive certification, must have 450-hour certification, must be certified on all the apparatus, right? Now, I know because I've talked to a whole bunch of employers. In fact, I just talked to Kayla last week who and about she – she's a studio owner and she wants to – she's struggling to find great staff, right? And I said, well, who are you looking for? And the first thing out of her mouth was, I'm looking for someone who's comprehensively certified. I'm like, oh, tell me about that because you've got a mat studio, Right. And she's like, oh, well, I've got a Cadillac out the back and it would be great if that person could, you know, take private clients in between their mat sessions and boost their income. I'm like, well, just say you found someone who's not comprehensively certified, but who's a perfect fit in every other way. Right. She, I'd be like, she'd be like, oh, I'd take that person in a split second. I'm like, well, do you reckon you could teach them like five exercises on the Cadillac? <laughs> she's like, yes. <laughs> and, and so I think, you know, often employers advertise for a position, for a, for a team member, and they don't really know what to put in the ad, right? So they just put, they look at all the other ads and the other ads say, oh, it must be comprehensively certified or whatever. And so that's what they write too. But then actually what they actually want is somebody who's going to be great with the clients, who's going to fill their classes, who's going to be easy to work with, who's going to be available for subs, who's not going to, you know, be, who's going to be on time every time, who's, you know, like, like though, who's going to be enthusiastic, who's going to remember the client's names, who's going to, you know, ask Mary if she wants to buy another, you know, 10 pass now because she's got two clicks left on her pass. Oh, Mary, I noticed your pass is running low. Would you like to top it up now? You know, like, and then like, if someone's not certified on the Cadillac, well, you can fix that in like two hours, you know, <laughs> right? So you've worked at Club Pilates. You've been a trainer at Club Pilates. You know that I think, I think it's, is it policy that Club Pilates required like comprehensively certified and, but and how does that work in reality yeah so um so that is a you know i can only speak from like my memory from a couple of years ago uh so that's that depends on the um on the owner so it's a franchise so it's a franchisee right so the studio owner can make uh decisions in that manner it is uh it, it's in club Pilates is an awesome model i'll take a class with you if you ever want to go um, so it's, it's a reformer, reformer, you have a spring wall. So it's like Cadillac concept on a wall. Then you have a chair and like 101 different props. It is, it is, um, preferred, like strongly preferred, if not like quote unquote mandatory to have a reformer cert. That's like definitely, that's like one of the definitely certified. And then I've gotten mixed answers cause I've asked club Pilates owners, about the spring wall. Could you imagine you need a spring wall, sir? Okay, you're talking about like 1% of the population now of Pilates instructors. Yeah, and then a chair. What they, but like you said, what they actually want is they want a skilled instructor. And like you mentioned in the diploma this week, like the, the number one thing you could, the, one of the most valuable skills you can have is the ability to learn. So like, are, like wouldn't you want, or you probably said it in better words than I did, but it's much more valuable to hire someone who can learn right than hire someone who, who just has um cert so it, but it is if if someone if he, if a studio owner got emails right with um different uh like resumes and, 
And there were three of them that had like all the equipment. And then two of them that did not have all of the equipment, the two without the equipment thrown out right away. That I would feel pretty confident in. And, and what I would like to like, like, I would like to question or have a conversation around what is comp, what is more comprehensive? An instructor with 450 hours who has been trained on all the barrels ever invented the one to chair, the Cadillac, the reformer, and the mat. And, but they have also been taught um, outdated material on how to work with pain and work with special populations. So they've been taught like the don't, don't let people with osteoporosis touch weights for, you know, where use your transversus abdominis for everything and things like that. And then you have another, another instructor who. It took a 300-hour program. It was less hours than the standard. They were only trained on Madden Reformer, but they were taught current pain science literature. They were taught motor learning principles. They know how. They know the importance of making beginners feel comfortable. They understand that your product is more than just Pilates exercises, but it's the experience. They're taught progressive loading. That pain is not the same thing as injury. How to screen for a red flag so you don't get sued, and how to how then how injuries happen. Who's more comprehensively trained? Hmm. It's only Matt and Reformer, though, Raf. No barrels. It's, it's it's so weird to me. I think that is you know to me like uh, from what I understand of the Club Pilates business model. It's basically a reformer session. It's mostly a reformer session. When you do it, then you do a little bit on the chair, a little bit on the BOSU, maybe a little bit on the spring wall, maybe. But it's like you know, sixty or eighty percent reformer. Did I have I understood that right? And so, if I'm a Club Pilates franchisee, right, and I've got my franchise, and I want to like my number one, you know, goal is to pack out my classes. I want like a queue around the block for my classes and clients just clamoring for me to put on more classes and please take my money. So who do I want? You know, what's my number one skill set in instructor? It's gonna, it's got to be like personality, right? Personality. It's like I don't care how many PhDs you've got. If you're dry and boring and don't like people, it's like you're not. Your classes are not going to be full, right? So it's got to be personality number one. And then, of course, there's a skill set involved in delivering a fun, you know class that delivers results for clients. So they actually feel themselves getting stronger and more flexible and they, you know, they feel proud and excited by their progress, but that's not to do really with, you know, how many exercises, you know, or, you know, it's to do with, it's, uh, it's to do with those basic principles we talked about, like progressive overload and, you know, biomechanics and, and forces and all that kind of stuff. And so, if I've got somebody who's got an, like an, an amazing kind of magnetic, fun, engaging personality, who has that basic knowledge of principles of how to apply forces to human bodies so they get t- stronger over time, right? It's like everything else to me is trainable. It's like if, you, if you've never seen a spring wall before in your life, I can teach you that in 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> right? But if you, but, if you, but if you don't know how to be like, like how to engage people it's like i can't teach you that in 10 minutes no that's a lot more expensive uh to train 
And that's where it's, it's one of those things like if, you know, it starts from the top because you wouldn't need to get a comprehensive, like a, like a, when I say comprehensive, I was speaking US speak of like, you wouldn't need to get a certificate on all, all equipment if that wasn't an industry standard from people who hire you. So if there is no um, job advantage, it wouldn't be a desirable thing. So if we talk about we don't need that, it really starts with people who, who, who produce jobs. So, you know, if you're a studio owner, you know, I would, I would just advocate, well, one, you're going to have more applicants if you have that, if you don't have that as a requirement, and you might have better applicants as well. Um, one thing that I do want to note, and just for anyone who's like teaching at Club Pilates and things like that, like that, that they're probably aware, like not every Club Pilates owner is a Pilates instructor. Sometimes they're investors, so they don't know. Um, they don't know the difference uh, with that. So that that's where that that model is. Sometimes it's like it depends on the owner. So like a uh, there's a different because I've worked for both, where someone's an investor and they're like just like, what does my handbook say? So I'm doing that. And then, uh, so that has to do with the handbook. And then there are others that are Pilates instructors that invest it to be a franchisee. Um, so uh, any instruct, any owners that are listening to this, I hope that this has um, just been thought provoking. Yeah, I hope so too. Good talk, Adam. Thanks very much. Good talk. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means You keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing, and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12... 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.